So full disclosure, I have tried to record this opening oh, so many times it's embarrassing. Uh, there's something so interesting about starting, the, you know, staring at the blank white page. And especially for something that you hope that uh, turns into a series that you do uh, many, many episodes. And uh, you feel that weight of trying to explain what this is. But uh, it's the Art vs. Commerce podcast, and, you know, it's a conversation. It's a conversation uh, with unique individuals who are pursuing their creative dreams and trying to navigate doing it as a professional, getting paid for it, uh, not doing it on the side, but doing it every single day and um, getting some pretty pretty nice recognition for it, doing a great job and, um, you know, making work that is totally worth checking out. That type of conversation I've been having with with people for, I guess, in this way, a few years now, just trying to figure it out for myself, um, trying to figure out how to navigate really difficult circumstances of making art, but making art for other people, having them pay you to do that. Um, when art brushes up against you know commercial endeavors, and that's a really murky situation. The conversations that I've been having with people have just been so interesting to me. And um, the notion that, you know, maybe these things, if we turned it into a little podcast, would be beneficial for people Uh, and be beneficial for me. I love having these conversations. I love being able to talk to people. And if and if it uh, allows me to um, have more interesting convos with 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 new people, you know, I'm excited by that opportunity. So first up is Mr. Jonathan Bragel. a buddy of mine who I've known for years now. And, uh, you know, before you go any further, you should check out his work. Uh, Variable is his company. Wearevariable.com. You could check out the work that he does. He's a high-end commercial director. And he also has been, I mean, he's been a cinematographer in the past. He still shoots some of his own stuff. It's very, very good. And um, John is super young. I think he's, he's 25 now. And uh, he's been playing at a very, uh, he's been playing in the deep end since, I don't know, 18, 19, 20. And his story about how that started is really interesting. And we're going to get into that, uh, as well as the fact that he has a full-blown production company, legit production company, uh, making big jobs for big companies, you know, National Geographic, Tiffany's, Cadillac, the types of uh, high-end clients where the responsibilities are huge and it requires a big team to get the job done. And there's a lot of pressure. And um, the way that he's been able to figure out how to go about it, I think, is really inspiring. And um, he's a super thoughtful dude. Uh, I always love talking to him. And I always knew once I started having inclinations about doing um, a podcast, uh, in my mind, he was always going to be at least the first person I asked if he was going to say yes was a different thing altogether. But he did, and, um, you know, this conversation, I'm really, I feel like I got to know him better as a person, and that, um, man, just a lot of takeaways. So um, we're about to get into it. Please check out his work first so that you you have in your mind how, uh, how legit this kid is. So uh, here we go. I never wanted to be a filmmaker. I never wanted to be an artist. I never wanted to be anything, really. I just went with my curiosity. I think that's always what I still do to this day. It's like, what interests you in that moment? 
and not really having an end all be all plan, you know? Um, I, cause I did, I truthfully didn't care. Like when I was going to film, I didn't want to be a filmmaker. I didn't know any of the films. I felt like an outcast in my early film yeah, classes. I I did, that way. Yeah. And it, it was funny to me. Um, at the time I was probably like a little bit more, maybe it wasn't so funny. Cause I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. Cause everyone was kind of so intimidating. Um, <clears throat> but it was probably to answer your question. It was, um, probably like six to eight months into film school when I realized I was just doing what I had been doing prior to film school and making things like constantly and forming connections with like Paige who works here at Variable Now, Brad who we work with a lot, uh, Khalid who we met at film school, but it was just through doing the things that came naturally um, on the weekends and after classes that all of a sudden I found out people in my um, film school class were like saying negative things about me behind the scenes and stuff and really certain, yeah based on what because we were out there like i come to find out i was kind of confused at the time but i come to find out it was because um we were doing stuff and we were making films and it was generating a buzz and like we were passionate and we what were what kind inspired. of stuff were you making at that time i mean it was anything from like nothing that spec commercials to music videos to short films and just like everything, you know, it was just always about just entertaining your curiosity and really just not anything that stand bored. out in particular. Um, man, um, like was there that one thing that you feel like I that's think, what yeah. I show people okay. when they need to see something? I think, I think, uh, I think, well, showing people now or showing people, yeah, I mean, obviously. You I know, mean, like showing friends. I don't think yeah, you're showing yeah, yeah. agency. Yeah, no, there's nothing. There's nothing that I show to people now on a regular basis, unless we're just trying to like have a funny discussion about like where we yeah, came exactly. from or whatever. But um, I think it was when I was maybe like a year into full sale. Um, I had a cinematography demo reel, which I didn't even know what a cinematographer DP was when I started at film school. But like because of all these projects and stuff, like teachers are like, "Oh, you could be a DP, or you could do that." So I got a, so I got a, uh, this just like kind of clueless making yeah. awesome shit. No, I don't know. Uh, but it was, uh, it was like a year into the program and I had this DP demo reel online and I got, it was someone from, um, a record company called hopeless records in California. And they somehow got in touch with me and gave me a phone call when I was in class. And I was like, I stepped out of class to answer my phone call and come to find out these people saw my demo reel and they had five thousand dollars to do a music video and i was like what the heck like you want to trust and me with your, that? your demo reel was just like what on vimeo or something I, I think yeah it was on vimeo and um it was a weird like the way that things got connected because it was a band out of orlando and... let me ask you this question because i guess this is what i was getting at earlier where it's like so they call you up and now all of a sudden you were going from just like making stuff to make stuff yeah and like in film school, you know, money isn't the issue because, like, they give you all the gear yeah, yeah, and yeah, you have yeah. all the time in the world. Yeah. But, like, now they're, like, $5,000. Like, did that – what – when you heard that, what what were you thinking? I was uh, – Were you I think scared? I was, no, I think I was really excited because yeah. like, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking about failure. I wasn't thinking mm -hmm. about – anything outside of just doing what I was already doing, I guess maybe with like a little bit more responsibility. I don't know, but that's where like I connected with Paige here at the company and she was managing all the finances on the job and everything. And so I never really worried about money because I always had friends that were able to manage that stuff. So from like the beginning, you've yeah. had a team. Yeah, yeah, it's always been, it's always been Which is kind of crazy, because I was going to like, I've been, I was looking forward to asking you, because I know for me, like, I was, when I first started doing films, mm -hmm. 
at, at a journalism school, um, but like documentary films. I remember almost taking pride in the fact that I was not a computer person. Yeah. And like literally I didn't know, it's, it's almost like shameful. I didn't know what a hard drive, an external hard drive yeah, was. Yeah, it yeah. made no sense to me. Yeah. I, I didn't know these things. And then that ended up being something that you had to learn. And then I'm like, oh man, like I need to be, if I, need, if I want to be a filmmaker, I need to be a computer person. Yeah. And then a little bit later, it's like, well, if I want to be a filmmaker, I also need to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. And like I, I specifically avoided business mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Because I don't, my mind doesn't quote unquote work that way. Of course, yeah. And then it's like, well, now there's just so much of filmmaking that is in that realm. Business, yeah. And like, what was the, what was acclimating to, like, at what point did you start to realize, like, that there is a real monetary value to the work that you're doing and that you need to, like, negotiate Mm. rates? And because obviously there was a, I'm I'm assuming, and it's, an ascendancy either during college or after where, you know, you start to get in that groove where like the first time that you need to make an invoice. I mean, things like that end up really being a part of like the beginning of a filmmaker's experience in a way that no one really talks about. I think, I think uh, for me, it was like a really natural um, process because in school, you know, it was like maybe 10 to 10 months to a year into school, getting that first music video opportunity for $5,000. Granted, we didn't make money. I lost money as like the EP and like DPE and whatever. But um, it, from that process, from that project and from all the other projects we were doing in school, I started getting hit up to do jobs for money in school from like different, more senior, uh, more senior people in the school or people even outside of the school. And I was just, you know, I just, be like yeah just give me like 100 bucks or 200 bucks or 300 bucks or it was more it was never about that but it was always people like telling me like dude they have a budget like you should be getting paid for this and i would always end up giving my budget to get like generators or to get lights or whatever because i was just like you know again it was it wasn't about that but it was when i started realizing towards the end of school i'm like wow (laughs) you know i'm gonna be out of here soon i gotta start like actually sticking up for myself on certain things and actually like making a dollar or two um but all that experience came on at a time where I could afford to be um, a little bit unaware about it, I think, in a way. Sure. Like, because well, I was so focused on the passion, you know? Yeah, and I mean, and that's within college. What about the first year or first couple of years out when it's, yeah. when the people that you're working with, you know, they're not like a senior in school, but they are most definitely a client. Yeah. You know, yeah. through I mean, and through. I think I was really fortunate because uh, I met Khalid. Matasib, who was a business partner of mine for, gosh, the past like f- five years or so in different endeavors and things, but he he had moved to New York. He had dropped out of full sale early and moved back to New York, and um, he had a lot, a lot of responsibilities himself. And so he got a job as a news cameraman and editor uh, out of the United Nations, and um, so he developed some connections there. And by the time I was getting out of film school. He was like, yo, dude, if you need a job in the city, you know, you can do this new stuff with me. And, uh, you know, so I did that for about 10 months. It was shooting like just some really interesting. It was for like a Saudi Arabian uh, news station out of out of I think their well, their headquarters was in the United Nations. And uh, so I did that for 10 months, which allowed me to save a lot of money up. And, so um, was that like that was a full time job? Yeah, it was a full time job. You it were was, working that Monday through Friday, or was it like yeah, shoots? Yeah, it was what? Monday Monday through Friday, working with a reporter, 
um, just going around the city and filming stories, lots of interviews, like hundreds and, of interviews. And ENG? Yeah, it was just me and XL1 and this <laughs> this this, uh, this news reporter. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty interesting. So that's really interesting. interesting. I mean, so you came out and you were not freelancing. I was uh what was I doing? I got out and I yeah, so I moved to New York City like 2 months later and I was doing like all this new stuff, but like Khalid and I were I was actually living at Khalid's house for the first like 2 months after film school. And so, like, him and I were always passionate and always, you know, shooting stuff on the weekends and things as well. So, through that process, uh, I had saved up money, bought, like, a cam, like a camera system here in New York. And the jobs, like, the paid jobs were just, would just trickle in. And, like, I had a good relationship with the reporter I was working with. So, if I had to take off a day here to do, like, this music video or whatever, like, that was a really kind of And seamless. Khalid was with you at that time? He was with me, but we weren't working on all the same projects together. Like okay. he was doing, we were both kind of doing the same thing. We were growing yeah. out of the news job, but like that w- it was allowing me to, again to like buy cameras and lights and all that stuff. Now, when you guys were in that, did you like know exactly like, oh, I know that I'm going to be, I know what I'm working towards mm-hmm. in terms of I want to do more cinematic stuff mm-hmm. and I want to develop my eye. Mm-hmm. W- were you in that head- headspace or was it more, I'm just taking like, each creative day as it comes and if something comes up I'll do it and if not I'll do this other work um how, how much of a concerted effort was it? it it's so weird for me to think of it like being an effort I guess it it uh cause I, I don't really ever I have never really thought of it like that I guess because it's just always been like what I wanted to do I guess it was always like uh I just wanted to capture something I wanted to learn I wanted to meet new people or whatever and like it was I don't know I don't know if uh that makes sense or not but it's always been that way it was never like a plan you know to do anything other than like entertain my curiosity I guess and uh that's just kind of been I feel like that's just been the nature of my life for the (laughs) most part (laughs) and what talking about the relationship with Khalid through that because then it goes from that to next level pictures yeah and I mean, um, what do you feel is like the importance or the benefits that you had of going through this kind of post-college ascendancy with someone mm-hmm. creatively? And then also, I mean, you guys were figuring out how the world works. Yeah. And business world works. Yeah. Money-wise too. Yeah. Having someone to do that with. I think that's everything. Like having a partner right out of film school. Because I know a lot of people... They're in film school. Maybe they're not making so much work and then they get out of film school and they're kind of on their own and everybody's in different parts of the country and whatever. But um, I think you need another person to kind of keep that energy alive, you know, to like feed things back and forth off of each other. And then maybe this thing goes one way or the other person's idea goes this way or whatever. But at least you have that consistent like force of energy to kind of keep creating projects. Uh, So that's, I think that's kind of in the essence for me of like, creating uh constantly is to just have people like-minded people around you as much as possible and then things just naturally spawn out of that whether you're directing them or someone else is directing them it's just having like a hub of energy and like-minded people yeah how how do you think you were influencing each other i think it was i think it was uh that's a really good question um how are we influencing each other um well, because your personalities are quite different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think uh, 
I didn't, I mean, I think both of us were relatively unaware at the time of our differences. I know I was for sure. Cause like Khalid knew more about filmmaking when I started working with him. So like I would look up to a lot of different things he was doing, but instinctually or intuitively. So I wouldn't necessarily agree all the time with what he was doing. So I think a lot of our, and my style is, is naturally significantly different, more different than his is like, I'm much more into like the run and gun, grab a camera and let's go and let's shoot and let's do this and that where Khalid is much more controlled and likes to have, you know, a much more solid plan going into the day or just, and so I think it's in those differences where things kind of maybe worked for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course things work and things don't work because of the differences and because you're young and because of like not understanding each other fully. But, um, I think it's because of those things. And I would just say like our general love and friendship for one another, I think is, is in like being able to listen to each other because, in through like our different styles it just opened up some really interesting opportunities you know because like i respected him if he was really into an idea and he respected me if i was really into an idea but um and that it's funny because that's that's like the same way i mean that's that's the same way things are now too is just like respecting and understanding the different the differences um amongst people and finding like the harmony and the balance in that. Yeah. And I think that's where like the best content is really made, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's cool. Cause I mean, it seems like that is where the best content's made. And we are hopefully when we're at our best pulling from what we know. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point it's kind of like, well, it's actually the relationships that you're pulling from. Totally. And then even when it's the same person on your team. Yeah, dude. So I get that a lot. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, and then I, I found this interesting in the, when I was like thinking about how I wanted to talk to you about it. It's, you kind of go from this opportunity where, yeah, you, you are have like a next level pictures with Khalid and that's like a name that you can do things for. But for the most, like you're doing a, a freelance work and, you're, and things are going well and like mm-hmm. you decided to, to take a step towards making a business. Yeah. And I'm always curious as to why, because obviously there's pros and cons to to going completely freelance route. Mm -hmm. And I think we were talking about on the phone where it's like, you know, it's actually a crossroads of ego in a way Mm -hmm. and like what you're taking on and what you're letting go of and stuff like that. What, what compelled you to embrace the team instead of, instead of like, I mean, cause at at a certain point you were making great stuff and it Mm could have gone, could have just been great money too, actually, which is something I never gave a shit about anyway, which I think is probably (laughs) why, why uh, a big step for me to step away from DPing because like you um to answer your question it was it was uh like you're DPing and like you're doing like the work's picking up and it's picking up but for me it's like I'm always trying to be as aware of as possible of just like patterns and things and like red flags and all that stuff so for me it was DPing and it was getting to the point where I was making like really really good money and I just and but something didn't feel right to me like deep down I, I just wasn't really enjoying the process like there you are like with camera rentals and everything I was making a really significant amount of money a day for like a kid and um it wasn't feeling right and um what aspect of that wasn't right it was the way I felt and it, I don't know if this is a sense of entitlement or this is just connecting back to like how I raised or how strong my friendships were growing up or my relationships then but like I didn't feel like I was being treated with respect and I didn't feel like the people around me were being treated with respect. So you're not talking about 
the people on your team no who wasn't treating you with respect in your mind it was just all that because there's so many like when you're dping there's so many different projects and producers and people that you'd never met before and uh, at that point in your career, when you're taking on all these different odd jobs, like some of them you're even questioning if you're going to get paid. Some of them you're definitely going to get paid. Some and there's always like this kind of, there was always this kind of like sketchy thing I'd say in like I don't know six out of the ten jobs or something where I was just like, this doesn't feel right. Whether you're getting, you know, they're giving you Chinese food at hour thirteen after you just busted your ass and cut your rate in half for this producer, you know, you're kind of like, and you don't even have a good relationship with that producer in the first place. You're kind of just sitting around and you're like, okay, you know, I just feel like I deserve more than this. And it, it seems entitled, but like at the same time, I think it's more just self-respect. And like, I, I, at least that's it for me. It was just like, I, I felt like I didn't have like a, there was like no sense of love in this circle. You know, it's no, like, that we should so... got to take care of each other, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I feel like, um, I was talking about this with Andreas on, on that variable shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And it was when we wrapped yeah and um we were talking i'm like you know a lot of people it's not the content that we're making ever for any film for any project commercial whatever you know the end result is was not the actual experience of everybody on set yeah so like you know sure the this might get edited and then sent to you and like Mm -hmm. you might be watching it as you're like you're walking down fifth avenue in between meetings and like oh that was cool but like you spent three days on this set and yeah. like your life was actually affected by those things yep. and how is that actual experience exactly. because that's what you're doing every day yeah yeah essentially like you're always going to be shooting like the you're real yeah it'll look cool but mm-hmm. like did it suck did it what was did, what did you feel like was your it, it heart was... kind of stomped on <laughs> like those things yeah matter that, that, when it's so happening many, over and over yeah again. there's so many dimensions to it i guess it was that it was that feeling of like not being taken care of on set um and like it was and again it wasn't even necessarily about the money like most of the time it was just about like that feeling of lacking of community but at the same time it was yeah the work like in the at the end of the day the work i would i started doing videos for like <laughs> it's like rick ross and lil wayne and all these things like as a kid you like in a film school you're like oh that would be so awesome to do and i was doing that and I was just like, this is such a mess. Like certain artists would show up on set like seven hours late and then you're going to hour like 18. And it's just like, you're, you're not even being told like good job or anything. It's just like, you're like this puppet in this, this ridiculous aspect of the industry, which was fortunate for me at the time that I guess I, um, that I, that I was like aware of that, but, um, and wasn't too like excited about, um, trying to make things better that were maybe out of my control. I don't know. But like the the work wasn't even good. I wasn't even happy with it. It was like disgraceful actually half of it. So I wouldn't even ask- show my mom or dad the work I was working on. <laughs> so I, let me ask you, I mean at the height at the height of this, before you kind of start thinking about moving on. Yeah. Um were you happy? Um God, that word is really interesting. Happy. Joyful, um, content? I was I was I don't think I've ever not been like happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe there's been like stints where I was and depressed is such a strong word and we'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, it's, it was, ne- it was, it was, it was, uh, was I happy? Let me, let me think about that one. I think I was happy cause I was learning like so much and um, I was happy because 
I could bring friends onto jobs at certain times. You know, I could bring like an AC and a gaffer and and those types of things. Most jobs I could do that. Um, But I think it was more, it wasn't happy. I just felt like I wasn't doing what I was, should be doing. Like I, I, the fact that I was like ashamed of what I was shooting, you know, it was like, it was like you're doing videos and starting. What was shameful about it? I was mean, it the final result or what was it the concept? What was shameful? I think the bulk of it for me was I went through this stint where I was doing a lot of music videos and, you know, I was brought up with like a very moral upbringing, you know, and like, and that's still a big part of me today. And I think it always will be. And um, I want to make content that can, you know, have some sort of purpose behind it. And if the experience on set isn't, good experience and people aren't learning and growing and enjoying the process and the work has no meaning or message behind it. Then like, what am I doing? You know, that's how I was feeling at the time for sure. And, um, so you're in this process. What do you remember what those conversations were like with Khalid? And then obviously you meet Tyler and it's like, yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Tyler would, would that mean the third person that they made variable with his current company? So it's like, what were those initial conversations when they were, were they more like, were they kind of revelatory? Did you know that Khalid, was Khalid feeling this way about the work he was doing? Well, so that like he was feeling, he was feeling let down a lot by like the end products for sure. Like he was, cause he's insanely talented as a cinematographer. I mean, I think I'm, I'm pretty talented as a cinematographer. That's not like my strong point, but like he's really, really passionate about it and really enthusiastic about it. For me, that's just where I was at the time. Like I never wanted to be a cinematographer. I never wanted to like be a filmmaker. You know what I mean? I was always just figuring it out. And um, so for me, like I could say in that moment, like this isn't feeling right, this journey. I think for um, Khalid, it was a lot of the fact that like everything, he was putting so much energy, so much passion, so much, and he still does this to anybody that knows him, knows this. And you're just constantly let down by the jobs and you're seeing the end products and it's just, it's devastating, you know? (laughs) So like, yeah. And so I think it was for us, it was like this culmination of like conversations about like, cause we weren't, we weren't DPing together all the time. Like it was next level pictures. It was more of like a, I mean, a, a, a name Khalid came up with when he was like 16 years old that he was DPing through it as like a, just like a little fun side site. So we just kind of came together and it was more of like a blog kind of, you know, we did some jobs together, but it was the jobs that we did together that we were like, this is where we're actually having a great time on set. And we're actually not completely ashamed with the end products. So we could like rationalize our existence at that point, I guess, you know, and it, it felt, it felt good. You know, when you wrap a job, when we work together with all the people we love and you could just kind of like look around and like, it was just this moment of, um, and that's what I felt back when we did the first video in film school, uh, with Paige and Brad and other people we work with a lot with now is like you wrap the job and it's just this feeling of like, like we did this, you know what I mean? And I think that's what, um, that feeling is so strong. And I think that's probably what we keeps us going. I'd say more than anything else. Yeah. Um, with, uh, what was there also at any time the, thought or realization that if we create a more sound business platform Mm -hmm. we can take it to a different place was there any sort of vision in terms of well 
what what we're capable of doing if we're not just individuals who kind of come together yeah. for whatever. Like, oh, I can bring on my AC and I can bring on a DP. Yeah. But more like if we have a platform and we yeah. are a business. Yeah. Did you was there that notion in your mind in terms of just from a business standpoint that you can create this bigger thing? Um, I think it was there. It was just really challenging at the time because like I was twenty. You know, we are we are all. It was it was before I get into Tyler. It's like we were all so young and we, like every opportunity we'd get, we would never make money off of it. You know, we were doing like fifteen twenty thousand dollar commercials or maybe like a thirty thousand dollar web video or something, but we would never make any money off of it because we were so passionate about the opportunities we would get because we'd be making money from DPing on the side. And then when we would get an opportunity to produce it, we'd be like, all right, let's get the Breezo light. Let's get the Steadicam. Let's do this and that. And like actually try and like create something with all these things that we've been learning. But now we have the control kind of thing. So we weren't making money and it wasn't, it wasn't like sustainable at all in uh, next level pictures. And, um, but that's where it's funny because like we all hit this road where like we don't know if we can sustain that as a company. We're not really happy DPing ourselves on the side. And like all of a sudden, like Tyler, Khalid had met Tyler at some on some like military job or something because Tyler was in the military and um, he was getting out of the military in like a month or two. And um, we had all linked up Khalid, Tyler and I through a bunch of other people. And I think Tyler saw something in Khalid and I where he's like, all right, these guys have this interesting relationship and they're making great work, but they're like, probably, I don't want to speak for Tyler, but like they need help, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So that was, uh, that, and then it it was just, and Tyler was getting out of the military, you know? And, uh, so it was just these three things where we're all kind of like pretty exhausted with like the ways that we were making income for the past few years. And, uh, Tyler has very much of a, you know, family brotherhood oriented mindset. And that's just the way he's been and coming out of the military as well is like that, that importance to have a sense of community and family is so massive for everyone. So it's been, um, that was kind of like the foundation of everything is like, how can we could create something where we're happy and sustain ourselves through the process? You know? Yeah. So it's kind of, it seems that you knew that there would be business opportunities, so it didn't really need to be at the forefront of your mind because it was more like, well, if we're miserable not doing it together, <laughs> yeah, let's just do it together because we're at least going to be doing jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was a slow start for sure. I mean, it still is like every day is a new day. You know what I mean? But um, it was the start in the beginning was like Tyler was doing a lot of freelance time lapse work. Khalid and I were able to hand him a lot of work from like just shooting and assisting and whatever and we were all kind of just like shooting things and helping each other out and like putting kind of little bits of money to the side slowly and um and that was kind of the beginnings of of this company now I would say yeah and now that you're running it Mm -hmm. and you have been running it for what how many years four you said I think it's I think it's been four years it's pretty crazy yeah um Hmm. In terms of being running a company versus mm-hmm. just being someone who's going to be either a DP or directing, yeah. what do you think, for, creatively speaking, you've grown to learn? What evolution has happened there? Man, um, I've had to learn more than I would ever have ever imagined I would have learned coming into this Do you feel experience. like you came into it na- naively? 
extremely, yeah. <laughs> extremely naively. I think uh, Tyler would agree. Uh, Khalid's DPing full time as well. Uh, this uh, about a year ago or so, we kind of parted ways in this sense, but we still work together on jobs and everything. But um, I mean, we would all all agree. I mean, it's it's so extremely naive because the one thing that's taken away from you that you don't that you don't um, fully realize when you're freelancing is your your freedom as an individual. You can argue there's different types of freedom, like you know that need or that desire to build something bigger um, is going to give you stability, which is a different kind, which is a freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's just like the how you define freedom. I guess I mean there's the freedom within the spontaneity of freelancing where you can kind of decide your future every single day or every single job or do you want to do this job or do you not want to do this job or do you want to go you know you just have a lot more options which i think is a lot more prone for our generation to probably pursue just because it's very spontaneous it's very reactive uh whereas you know and your freedom is in between each single one of those decisions whereas with a company it's just um i could see the attraction in that yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's and it's it's the thing about uh, the company. To your point, is like ultimately, I think the idea is that you know you you gain more freedom or time or whatever it is at the end of the day. But I think it's um, it's just a lot different because it's a lot more of a patient process, and you have to take on a lot more opportunities that you wouldn't necessarily have to take on as a freelancer. So you're in a position where you're essentially forced to learn to sustain the company which can be a really heavy process at times well it's funny because i think would you agree that like now a way that you were almost able to kind of like ignorance is bliss (laughs) when it came to money yeah yeah but now as like and it was easy because as a freelancer it was coming in so it wasn't like you had to think about it yeah but now like running a business how is that how is your relationship to the to the monetary side of this creative stuff yeah how's that grown i think it's been probably one of the greatest things to come from this experience uh is just the growth in that capacity uh just because you know like right now there's eight of us it started out with just three of us and then the next month of four and next couple months five and uh it's just grown relatively organically but as the result of the more people you add the more income you need to make obviously but that, I honestly think at the young point in my career, I couldn't have asked for a more, um, just a more, um, what's the word? Uh, it's something you don't really realize at the time, maybe, but like when you look back on it, it's like all the things that you learned from the responsibilities and jobs that you had to take on to support the company, you could have never learned doing it out on your own path. Like I just did a, um, just directed and DP'd a, a commercial for this uh, new watch line. And I'm like sitting there shooting this stuff. I'm like, how the hell did I do this? I've got like all this like macro and like these moving lighting rigs and stuff. And I'm like, how did I get here? Like, this is something I would have never thought I would have been doing. And it just so turns out that specific job. I mean, yeah, sure. It was a great opportunity and everything. But like it was because we took the job. I mean, not only because we needed to support the financial aspect of the company, but it's something I might have a year or two before been like, not even interested it in interested in because I wouldn't have needed to have done it in any way. You know what I mean? So it's like you're kind of forced in these situations sometimes 
but if you're optimistic about it, like what you learn as the result is kind of a, um, a gift, I would say. Yeah, so it's just yeah. forcing you into seeing or having to do jobs that you wouldn't, but then there's there's positive takeaways. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all. I mean, it's all it's all positive. I think. I think um, we're all young. I think, and um, I've just just been talking to a lot of people recently, and like this buzzword story, you know, like storytelling and all these things is like uh, it's a really big word for me. I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's like I don't. I don't, I'm, I'm in this like experimental phase of my career right now. You know, like I'm trying to learn a little bit as much as everything is possible. And I find that doing commercial work as difficult as it is at times, it's forcing you to learn all these different fundamentals from like communication to different ways to execute to relationships and everything. It's a whole kind of toolkit of things to where it's like, and Tyler, and I kind of joke about every day. It's like, I mean, if this company doesn't work out, I think we're, all going to leave this this experience having learned things that will help us tremendously until the end of time so that's kind of um how my mindset has maybe shifted as a result of this responsibility as being more about the experience and being really aware of of what you're learning and being grateful for that as opposed to seeing what everyone else is doing on the outside and like constantly comparing yourself to that you know well yeah and within that constant comparison i feel like another uh, up with story is mm -hmm. also and rightfully so because i think story i understand why it's a buzzword yeah absolutely and the same thing with ego mm -hmm. and the pros and cons of it and it's just in what ways do you feel like it's interesting because i think the, the what i was thinking about when you were talking about the commercial side of stuff is that it's rigorous mm -hmm. and that it's almost like it's it's the homework that you do yep. before or like the practice before the actual I don't know. I'm, I have whiplash in my mind. It's the jazz yeah. practice before yeah. the actual show. Yeah, 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 and like the yeah. actual show might be the narrative that you do yeah. on your own time. Yeah. But in that same sense, I feel like having this business and the fact that you have employees, like you're just constantly eating humble pie. It's odd because <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it is a lot of self sacrifice in a way for sure. But at the same time, I'm getting so much experience in the foreground because, I mean, our company, to afford directors, first and foremost, as a new company, is a really expensive thing. You know, I mean, for a lot of opportunities, it's like we can't afford to get directors on a lot of opportunities that we would want to. It's just not fair for us to ask people to do certain things over and over. You know, so it's like I there are a lot of things that I will have to direct because we can't necessarily afford to get someone else onto it. And like those are very humbling experiences for sure. Uh, but then there's opportunities where i don't know that word humble is i struggle with that word i don't really know how to like react to it i can understand that I, in the, within the context of like i guess eating humble pie or like you know just the notion that you're constantly dealt with decisions that you might not necessarily either choice isn't what you want yeah but one is better than the other yeah and that you need to now because if you're if you're supporting people on staff mm -hmm. you have to take on jobs that you might not want and, yep. and all of that. Yeah. And yep. I remember I was speaking with you about it a couple of weeks ago and it was really difficult. And I mean, how, yep. how do you feel like those moments where it's kind of just like a lot, mm -hmm. how, how are you processing that? Um, gosh, I mean, I, I think 
I'm really fortunate to have a business partner, Tyler, who is extremely supportive of me and everybody else. But for me, it's um, because like as a young creative or artist or whatever the fuck you want to call it, I I don't know. um, You feel your thoughts are very abstract. You know, you're thinking and processing the physical world and like this way that might not make sense to a lot of people you know so like I and I, I don't have a girlfriend right now either so and having a company and not having a girlfriend it's like a really you know it's it, it's very easy to get lonely at times you know because everybody at our age you know 26 27 28 30 whatever is like either involved in some kind of girlfriend or involved in something to where it's like you're not always having somebody to talk to about things that you're aware of throughout all this business stuff throughout life whatever but um He's been extremely supportive uh, in that kind of roller coaster, I'd say. I remember a conversation that I had with you and Elliot yeah. like two years ago yeah. um, that I still think about and that we've had a discussion since then, you know, at times just about the, the difficulty of like keeping your <laughs> spirit pure yeah. while dealing with a lot of this stuff that you have to just keep doing things that you don't want to because it's allowing you to like move closer to the things that you want, but it feels like this crazy game. And I've just at times seen you processing Mm -hmm. it and that processing is not, in in those moments are not easy. It's tough because like I am definitely at my core, as I think everyone is, is is like very much of a purist, you know? And like, I don't, when I start thinking about things too much is when I start to have, those moments of like, what am I doing? And like, cause I'm doing something that I think, I mean, I, I love what I'm doing. And I think a lot, it's, it's a very fortunate position to be in and everybody will tell me that over and over. But the truth is, is like as a purist and as someone who wants to like make things that are as pure as possible is it's, it's really not possible how I would define the word pure in the commercial industry. Um, and then I start feeling like a hypocrite, you know, um, I start feeling uh, like what am I doing with my life a lot of times? Uh, cause like when you do things, I mean, it's like nothing against any big corporations or anything at all, but like I start, I think as like, you know, a documentary, documentary minded type person or curiously minded type person, you think into all the cracks and all the details cause you're trying to make something that is authentic or like pure. But then at the end of the day, it's like these companies, a lot of them, their products are being made in like these factories and this and that. And like, how is that affecting this and that or the other, like I'm wearing Nikes right now that, you know what I mean? Like I start thinking about that. Cause like every, you want to make content that can resonate and like connect to people. But how possible is that even when even owning a camera and shooting it is a form of hypocrisy in a way, you know, if you want to talk about like purity, you know, it's like, so then I start thinking like, do I just want to move out to the woods or something? Do I just want to like go on a journey to kind of think about this stuff? Cause it's a lot to think about, you know, that's my mind spirals on that path quite frequently. Uh, but then reality gets kind of injected and in, back into me a little bit when I have conversations with some of my good friends and they're like, dude, you know, I mean, everyone has to make sacrifices and everyone has to kind of do some things that they don't want to do to kind of like get by in this world that we live in right now. And um, I just question that uh, a lot. And I'm, all, I'm a bit of an idealist in a lot of ways, which kind of hurts me a lot, I think. Uh, but well, isn't that a double-edged? Well, yeah. I don't even know if that's the right terminology, but like, it's oh. that same exact thing, which makes your work your mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I think for me, it's, it's, it's a lot of that. Um, I think it, yeah, it's, it's that feeling of, um, this whole like hypocritical nature and this whole, like all the corporatization and getting into this place from a world where I didn't care about any of it in the first place at all. Um, and for me now it's more about like, how can we partner with brands and work with brands that actually want to like put something message out there that can actually connect to someone to make them maybe think differently about something or open their minds to something or have even just something as simple as making them laugh or something like how can I rationalize my hypocritical mind and uh well is that what is this the subject matter that you were saying like you joked like oh we'll get to the depression later (laughs) I mean are are we is it this because I remember you calling me up once and you're like I'm working on something and I like the details don't matter but I just want to ask you like what does the word authentic mean to you? Mm-hmm. And then before I could even start responding, you're like, because it means a lot to me. <laughs> it means a lot. And, and, and I just think it's thrown around yeah. and I just yeah. can't stand how people just, just you know, use it like a, uh, I, not, these aren't your words, but you were like, use it like a cheap whore or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, is that's yeah. not? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's words. Yeah, authentic story. They're all the words. I think all of us as... Um, commercial filmmakers here on a daily basis and it just depends like what your intention is I think in this industry is how that word is defined for you I mean I'm not about winning and having like you know the greatest winning all these awards and all these things like that's not my goal my goal isn't to be like the cool kid in the circle of all these upcoming filmmakers and things and and it's that like the way that that gets kind of uh, the perception, I think, of that and the way that a lot of directors and artists are just doing a lot of things that I don't necessarily agree with, but who am I? But I think it's, it's, um, I just take that stuff really seriously because, like, it's not just about, like, the video to me, you know, it's about, like, the experience and the relationships and conversations because, like, how am I supposed to have a real conversation with someone at an ad agency that we're making a film for if we can't then they want it to be authentic, but we can't even have that discussion past a certain point because that gets them thinking too much, you know, and gets it. So it's this really weird. It's like, we're not really being honest uh, in a lot of these early conversations with these campaigns, which is why I think a lot of the work is jeopardized. Like that's the shit that we're trying to do every day more and more is have these hard conversations with the brands and agencies so we can actually make something that resonates what are those hard conversations like? It's, what, are you, what, what are you trying to convey that you feel is what makes that conversation difficult? I think it's it's just like the conversation itself, because you think about, or at least, I, I mean, I think a tremendous amount about this stuff, about like authenticity and story and what are these things. And because it's important. I mean, if those are like the key words that you're being told on a daily basis, then I think they need to be understood. And I think there needs to be, it's just, it's a really kind of dangerous conversation to have at times, I think, with certain clients, because, I mean, what is, what does authenticity really mean? You know, it's like, is it's like really deep shit. And I think it's, again, it's dangerous because what we're doing and making a lot of ads and commercials I don't necessarily, I couldn't, I don't know if advertising any product 
and this is where things this is where like i get sketched out and saying things on on the air or anything no <laughs> i understand because it's it's like i everyone's definition of authenticity is different my definition of authenticity is like let's just try and and like define what this is so i can move forward and we can move forward on the same page and know that if this shot comes in here or like this product shot or this is too contrived it's like we need to have some sort of understanding of how that's perceived. It's the notion that like crafting authenticity is a ridiculous <laughs> phrase. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, a, it's absurd. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but we do it we do it constantly. Mm-hmm. Or at least we try like, you know, mm-hmm. that notion of this this feels contrived, but this angle doesn't. Yeah. And it's almost an innate feeling as to why, but it's very real. Well that's the hardest thing because it is it is a feeling, like to your point. It's a feeling and that's something that you can't express in words like in the foreground of a campaign and um because it either feels real or it doesn't you know and like that's why there's i struggle with words a lot of times because it's like it's a it's all about the feeling is that that authenticity or that real experience you know and like how can you get somebody to understand what you're trying to say before the film is done and before they can feel what you want them to feel you know um and that's i think like building a portfolio and building trust and all these things work out. I just, again, I think those words need to be discussed and those conversations need to be had yeah. like on a more frequent basis. But Well, no, I think it's interesting just to kind of come full circle on the whole discussion is that, you know, at each phase, starting from the skateboarding in the school yep. or at, back home until like college and then now each phase had its rallying point or like the thing that you were thinking about most and that now that you have left a freelance kind of dp world and that you are more in terms of like leading a ship and dealing with bigger thoughts and bigger Mm -hmm. issues that stem way past like in the trenches of of an individual's day's production yeah that like it's the heady one word thematic stuff yeah that ends up being things worth like fighting over yep. and, con- and and fighting yourself over. Yep. Like you're like, there's an internal struggle about like what you're, what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow yeah. to have happen or agree with. Well, cause you want to make the people you're working with happy and like, you want to make great work and I want to be sure that we can do that. And I want to be sure that we can, you know, meet their brief or whatever. And, um, it's sad that it does come down to a lot of these like free, like these, little points because like that was never the type of person I was like I was never the type of person to sit down and think about a word for like an hour you know like that's ridiculous to me um and it's it's been getting me in trouble recently a lot like with even like friends and families and stuff is because I've been thinking into things a lot more than I ever had to in my life and it's just gotten me again to this point where I'm like questioning even the purpose of words a lot of times it's like what like you know and it's got me thinking on like a lot of different levels because like i i'm being forced as someone who never had to think to justify my creations and it's uh i think that's the essence of probably every artist struggle it's like you see any artist who makes great stuff is it's more like instinct and intuitive and you know, they probably have a meaning or something to them as an artist, but like, it's not like that's going to be understood to everybody in the world. It probably won't. Uh, and that's fine. And that's, I think what art is, you know, it's a, each individual has 
their own language to communicate something. And um, that's why we're all like, I think in this position now, standing back feeling misunderstood when we don't feel misunderstood ourselves. But I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. No, no, no. That's what's funny is that I'm sitting here thinking that um, it might not feel like it, but this is what I think progress looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting reality. Um, yeah. Progress is not as uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, mm-hmm. but more like, no, it actually means that you can think deeper about very specific, or I guess th- themes are not specific, they're actually overarching, which makes it this like big thing to take in, but you can in nuanced ways, and it makes your work better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess looking forward, like, do you... Are you at a place where you now can kind of like, oh, well, I, I know what I kind of want in the next five to ten, or is that still something that you avoid? <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I avoid it. Like, I just don't, I don't, uh, it doesn't really matter to me so much. I think everybody here at the company, at least, knows that we're all, like, each one of us is doing, we care so much, and we're doing everything that we can feasibly do, and um, that's that's all that matters to me at the end of the day is like if you're giving everything you have to whatever it is at hand then you're doing the best you knew how to do things will evolve from that and whether they're good or bad i think that's just the nature of life you know i'm definitely an optimist so yeah i think the future is just gonna be maybe it won't exist (laughs) (laughs) says the optimist Uh, well thanks a lot john yeah yeah yeah. first first one in the can yeah yeah does that answer everything i don't know if i was like all over the place or anything i'm sure i was but oh no man you're good it's good okay oh we're great thanks dude i haven't thought about half that stuff in so long oh my god